You're listening to Around Comics, episode 251, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and Netflix. And Whiteout. And Whiteout. Brought to you by Whiteout. <laughs> oh, there and you go. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week a revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If now you're in the... <laughs> if you're, they haven't kicked you out yet? Oh, no. it's Mar- <laughs> Mar- Mark's watching like old, uh, old reruns of uh, Star Trek Voyager over at the computer, so... <laughs> Oh, he's, Jeeves oh and Wooster. he's watching Jeeves and Wooster. Ooh, classy. Ooh. How cultured. Ooh. 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 That's the glorious one, isn't it? That's exactly right. Uh, I'm Christopher Neesman. Let me get you introduced to uh, this all-star <clears> panel. <throat> uh, first of all, returning from last week, uh, the creator, uh, creative mind behind uh, Mail Order Ninja, among other things, Mr. Josh Elder. Greetings and salutations. Oh, well, there, sir. Welcome back. And uh, and also the uh, the prodigal son uh, has returned again, Mr. Brian Salazar. Yo. And next is the voice of Word Balloon, Mr. John Suntress. Mr. Smartass Greek trying to be a Jew. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> I am in time for sure. I'm here. I'm sitting down. And uh, and our, our very special guest uh, joining us on the phone all the way from, uh, from Portland, Oregon, Mr. Greg Rucka. <laughs> well, hello there, sir. <laughs> you 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 have to be a little punchy at this point. It's not that late in Portland as compared to, to here in Chicago, but uh, it is about twenty of nine, it, and it's uh, it's about twenty of uh, twenty of eleven here. But you have been uh, uh, twittering today uh, pictures <laughs> of uh, of pretty people in L.A. So you've I, I think you've had a long a long travel day, man. Yeah, today was the. Uh... Today was the the I guess media presentation day for Whiteout, which uh, they 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 informed me I was I was invited to attend, and I guess when Warner Brothers invites you to in t- attend something, they they the the implication is we and our three hundred metric ton of attorney behind us invite <laughs> you to attend. So uh, it's I, an offer you couldn't down, refuse. In other words, well. I, I, no, <laughs> and I ended up. I flew down to LA late last night, and they uh, they have this event. And I, I guess this is the way they work generally. I was unable to get a straight answer on this, but what what they ended up doing, what today was, is we were at a hotel, and they get several rooms in the hotel, and they get a couple conference rooms, and they bring in uh, all these media folk for different press conferences. So you do, I did, I should say two press conferences, one for domestic media and one for international media with Kate Beckinsale and uh, Gabriel Mock, Joel Silver for domestic, and the same with the addition of, um, I want to say, I keep screwing up his last name, it's, uh, it's Alex, I want to say Laughlin, um, but I'm pretty sure I just 
pooched that um, <laughs> on uh, for for international. And then you, you sit behind these tables and they ask questions like, "So, Kate, in the movie, your hair uh, it was very short, and we know you love your your beautiful long hair. So <laughs> what what? And and then we see your beautiful long hair is back to its beautiful beautiful length. Uh, tell us." how long it took you to get back to its beautiful, beautiful long length. And Kate says, well, it was actually a fabulous wig. And then they go, oh, that's wonderful, a fabulous wig. Tell us more about your hair, Kate. Um, and Kate then tells people about her hair. And then, you know, somebody will ask a question about, you know, oh, so when you were filming in Antarctica, and there will be a pause, and then we'll say, well, actually, we were filming on a frozen lake in Winnipeg. Oh, when you were filming on a lake in Winnipeg, was it cold? <laughs> and, and, and things like that. So it was. Um, at, at what at what point do you pull out the razor and start slitting your wrists? You know, you sit there and you smile because you're like, I don't know if any of you people have cameras, <laughs> you know? and, and I don't want to be the guy who's gonna. You know, the worst thing in the world would be, you know, there's Greg Rucker, creator of Whiteout, at the media thing, looking entirely disinterested. So this is know? this is completely different from a DC panel, then. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Not, I, I don't know. I would not compare the two. Okay, because um, I was going to say, what about the times when you get, yeah, Wonder Woman looks better in heels. What's with the boots? No, I was I was talking about Greg's disinterested look. Ah. <laughs> hey, hey. Wow. I think he just needs more questions about his hair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> or like that's a very, yes. very short question. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Hey, now. So, well, hey, no, um, mm -hmm. and then uh, you, you go from that, and then you do one-on-ones. Uh, they, they set you up with with individuals to ask you questions and, and everything's really timed. So like, you know, you do this and then you've got a handler who basically shoves you there, 10 minutes, you're done. And they move you to the next person, 10 minutes, you're done. And then, okay. Now you've got a phone interview, get on the phone, 10 minutes, you're done, wrap it up. And then next thing I know, I'm, I'm back at, uh, you know, I'm at LAX and on a plane. <laughs> and that was, that was the very exciting day. So, wow. um, you know, it was the, it's the first time I've seen any of, uh, any of the the actors since uh, since the filming, and that was you know almost two years ago wow. that it wrapped. So it was actually kind of nice because when I walked in uh, to to sort of the, the the meeting area this morning, you know Gabriel immediately greeted me. Kate immediately greeted me. They knew who I was. Joel came in and needed a moment. <laughs> you know, he was like, "Hey, <laughs> you, you look beautiful," you know, and Gabe, you're looking great. And um, how did you get in Greg. here? <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, it, uh, it's it's just such a wild trip. The whole process. I got it. Yeah. There's not a whole lot more I feel I can say about it. It's just the, the whole thing borders on surreal. Oh um, sure. Especially when they're asking questions about her hair. You know what I mean? And you sit there and you go, <laughs> "They flew me down and put me up in a hotel." And this is the kind of questions they're asking. Okay, why not? This yeah. sounds like fodder for uh, a future Atticus uh, chapter. Uh, you know, I, I, actually, I came up with two story ideas while I was there. There so, you go. You know, there you go. There's there's, there's material there's material pending. I, sh I should say. Excellent. Right. Man. Well, you know, you you have seen you you've seen Whiteout, right? You mm -hmm. you saw a screening mm -hmm. of it. We we have not been so lucky. It's uh, it's coming out on uh, on September 11th and yep. uh looking very very forward to it. Uh what's your what's your impression of it? Uh you know, just you know, not just not just as you know, the guy that wrote the story that this is based on, but just as a, as a film fan, were you were you excited to to see it? Well, Happy I with mean, the final product? No, you look, I I've got to be I've got to be perfectly frank and, and, and say I have, I have no perspective on it, and I really have none. 
um, one of the producers on the film, a guy named David Gambino, who uh, I worked with a lot when I was on set. He's a really good guy. Uh, he and I were talking about it, and, and we were both like, we, we just we can't see it. We, we are literally snowblind, you know. Um, I saw the screening. I saw it with my wife and uh, with, with my friends Nunzio DeFilippis and Christina Weir. And Jen, Nuns, and Christy hadn't seen it. Okay. And they all walked out, and Nunzio was like, it's a good movie. And I'm like, I, I, I can't tell. He's like, no, really, it's a good movie. It does everything a good movie should do. It gives you everything you need. It's perfectly entertaining. This is a good, solid movie. And I'm like, okay. You know, because <laughs> all I can see are, are things where I was like, oh, yeah, I wrote that scene. Oh, they cut that. Oh, that, huh, that's not what I remember. Oh, they must have changed that. Did they do that in a reshoot? You know, it, <laughs> I, I long ago reached the point where you know, the movie of Whiteout, the graphic novel of Whiteout are two entirely different animals. And, and Lieber and I have talked about this many times. You know, we wrote a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And as a graphic novel, I think even 10 years on, it still holds up. It's good. Yeah, We sure. didn't write a movie. And if you tried to shoot the graphic novel, you'd have a crappy movie. <laughs> and th- there's just no way around it. So, you know, obviously they made changes for the film. Um, and those changes, I think, work for the film. But I, I, like I said, my, my impressions are so, I wish I could just say I loved it or I hated it or anything like that. But I, like I said, I'm being totally honest and I think it's good. <laughs> I'm scared it kicks ass. Well, hey, Beckinsale is stunning. You know, I mean, the, the action sequences are amazing. Have, so, you, uh, have you had an opportunity to sort of accidentally be sitting at home and, and turn on the TV and see the trailer come up yet? Because I saw it the other night for the first time, the trailer. I was just watching TV and I saw it. And I got to say, it was kind of neat having known you now for a couple of years and, and, and have There's seen Greg's it. movie. Like, yeah, it's just kind of, <laughs> wow, that's kind of weird that a guy that I've, you know, smoked cigarettes with in, a, in the <laughs> Rosemont <laughs> Convention Center parking uh, area, it, it, that's his movie up there on the screen. So I can't imagine yeah. for you what, you know, what, what that would be like. Yeah, it's been pretty trippy. Actually, what was really weird was um, Jen and I went down to LA to see the screening, right, a couple weeks ago. And as we're driving, we flew into Burbank, we get in the rental car, and we're driving, you know, going to visit, you know, where we're going to stay in, in Hollywood. And as we're coming down La Brea, there's a great big whiteout billboard. <laughs> and Jen, Jen saw it and shrieked. <laughs> just, just let out this involuntary, and I, was, and I, I was like, ah, what? Ah, you know, nearly careening off the road as I'm driving. Uh, and then, you know, we don't, most of everything we watch on TV is TiVo'd. Mm-hmm. So an ad comes up and we fast forward, right? So we fast forward and then they say, oh, Snow, wait. <laughs> oh my God, that's the trailer. So yeah, it is. It's like I said, the whole thing borders on surreal. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, if you're interested, they're running the uh, they're running the trailer on uh, uh, History Channel during Gangland. So <laughs> I saw <thought>, perfect. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, how what? do you how do you know that? Well, I was, I was yeah. Well, I, Gangland. It's a, it's a show I can't turn off. I'm like totally trapped Crips, by this. Bloods, the, come yeah, on. Yeah, I'm learning about the 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 Tongo blast. You know, last night, and I'm like, ooh, whiteout. You know, so. <laughs> I uh, I'm curious too. Also, uh, as the film gets closer, how much more press are you going to be doing? Are you just like on this crazy schedule till the 11th? I don't know. 
Um, I think that was the last big thing they had me doing. Okay. Um, and I think the next thing is, uh, you know, going to the premiere, which is, I believe, the ninth. Wow. And there's a division of Warner Brothers that apparently, you know, handles all these things. So we get letters, you know, emails come. They say, you must fill out these forms. This, you know, if you're going to be there. And, you know, we will arrange for transportation for you. <laughs> it really is. Again, it's like you see the specter of that metric tonnage of mm-hmm. attorney. You know, because I'm actually, like, in my contract, you, you have these many tickets to the premiere you will attend. Um, <laughs> and I suspect, I suspect that, um, I suspect that I'm kind of done until the movie comes out. Uh-huh. I think that if the movie catches, if it does reasonably well, if it acquits itself, there may be more attendant publicity they're going to want me to do to follow. But let's be, I mean be perfectly frank about it. You know, I didn't write the movie, uh, you know, Steve Lieber and I did the graphic novel it's based off of. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near as attractive as anybody else in the movie. <laughs> so, you know, if you're going to put a face on TV, it wouldn't be mine. Um, so I, I kind of would be surprised if there's anything actually, uh, anything else that comes down the line officially. Well, you, you, you did, you did get a credit on the movie though. Did, did you not? Yeah, no, I've got, um, I've got an executive producer credit. That's what I thought. Yeah. Wow. This is, yes, it, it sounds very impressive, doesn't it? Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know how you do that? Your attorney goes, let's see if we can get you an extra five grand. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, man, right there on the resume. You've got you a good attorney. Me? Stay with that guy. Mm-hmm. And is then, it- um, you know, I mean, the, there's, there's a nice credit that comes up in the end of the film. It says, you know, based on um, White Out by uh, Greg Rucka and Steve Lieber, or Steve Lieber and Greg Rucka. I can't remember the order. I think we wanted it alphabetical, but for the life of me, I don't know. Uh, published by Oni Press, and cool. there you go. There's my name. Well, I remember it gets its own card. That's kind of exciting. Oh, cool. <laughs> I remember when uh, Max Collins uh, had Road to Perdition, and I mean, you know, he didn't write the screenplay, but man, they had they had Max in London. I know for the for the screening there, and he had a nice little tour for the movie and everything. So here's hoping you uh, get a little, you know, yeah. free trip. Yeah. I, mean, or I don't know well, if that's a pain I mean, in the ass or not. You know. It may it may be the difference between having Paul Newman in your movie and not. I don't know. Fair, so, fair point. But I will say, Tom Skerritt in this film is just every scene he's in is is fantastic. He is, and he was on the set. Um, you know, he, he he's one of these guys who just kind of in the presence, and you're like, wow, this is a man who knows it. You know, I mean, he he has that certainty and that self possession. And it comes across on the screen. Um, and his performance alone, I think, is, is, is worth the price of admission. I think he's fabulous in it. Nice. How's, uh, how's Steve uh, Lieber uh, rolling with all this? You know, we've talked to you a few times, and uh, I, I see Steve on Twitter, you know, being you know, kind of excited about it. Uh, have you talked to him through the whole process? But we, you know, we, we, we stay in communication. We don't talk that often. Uh, every time we talk about this, it's been, you know, are you excited? I'm excited. Are you excited? Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> what about you? I honestly think he's as excited. I, I actually think he may be a little more excited about Underground, you know, that he's doing with Jeff Parker. Yeah, sure. And that they've got that slated to come out. And from what I've seen of that, you know, with good reason. So I think he's in a nice position now where he's got movie and new book, and mm-hmm. so things are 
things are singing along there. Yeah, we had uh, we had Jeff on about a month or so ago, and it was uh, it, unfortunately, fortunately, that was all started um, because uh, Steve had had tweeted that uh, he needed help promoting the book because someone broke into the poor guy's house and stole his computer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I found out about that the same way everybody else did, I think, on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous, but uh, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, d- definitely, if you're listening out there, uh, go pick up Underground by Steve Lieber and Jeff Parker. It looks fantastic. This portion of Around Comics is brought to you by Netflix. Right now, you can start a free two-week trial by going to www.netflix.com forward slash aroundcomics. At Netflix, you'll find over 100,000 titles to choose from, including classics and new releases, as well as TV series. Plans start from as low as $4.99 per month, and you can keep each movie as long as you want with no late fees ever. Netflix has free shipping both ways, and you can expect your next selection to be delivered in about one business day. Now watch some movies and TV series over the internet for no extra charge. I use this service with my Xbox 360 and personal laptop and love it. So head over to www.netflix.com forward slash around comics and get started with your free trial today. Speaking of new books, uh, Detective Comics, now we've got a couple of issues that have come out, and i got to yeah. say, uh, man, J.H. Uh, Williams' uh, stuff... Oh, my God. It's like every page is a work oh of art that God. can be framed. It's yes. absolutely See, and, fantastic. And I was saying this, and John, John can attest to this, because we did a word balloon interview. Yes, we did. You know, before the issues came out, and I was like, no, get, people have no idea what this is going to look like. They've just got no idea what he's doing with these pages. It is stunning, I think. I, I really, uh, you know, this is, I'm a broken record on this, but I really do think that, that J.H. Is, um, he is changing the language of comics with this. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a radical shift, but I do think he's certainly introducing a new dialect. And, um, and man, it's something else. You know, I mean, the, the new issue, 856, just the, the dance pages, you know, <laughs> are just so beautifully done. Um, and to go from that sequence, you know, flip back to the beginning of the book and, and the hyper-rendering on, you know, the monster men, on Abbott and those crews. And, you know, we've got, we nicknamed them all. It was, you know, Abbott, because he's got a name. And then it's Octoman and Gator Girl. <laughs> you know. And Octoman is terrifying. <laughs> I mean, he, he, the way he rendered the flesh on that guy, you're like, <laughs> I won't want to be touched by that. And, and literally to have a visceral response like that to something, you know, on the printed page, to have a visceral tactile response, uh, I think is incredible. That, that's not something that you tend to have, you know, when yeah. you're reading a comic. Well, so. you, you, you're writing a great story there, and obviously J.H. is doing stuff that I, I don't think most comic fans have seen in a comic book before. But I think the unsung hero in that book is Dave Stewart. Um, well, you know, I, I would be inclined to agree, except, you know, Jim and I sing about him I was going to say, yeah, Greg, <laughs> Greg, Greg did a good job singing about it. Well, you were saying when, when we talked, too, that to get that right shade of red for Kate... Yeah. Yeah, no, well, and, and that's the thing, you know, I mean, Jim, 
you know, Jim is really, he's comprehensive in how he approaches the art. So it isn't simply that, you know, I'll hand him the script and he goes. It's, you know, we sit down and we have long conversations before I start scripting. You know, which is, okay, this is what's happening in this issue. These are the things we have to have. This is the stuff we're still dealing with thematically, and he and I will then discuss story stuff. And then he'll start proposing, okay, you know, well, oh, I could do this visual. So then I will, I will ta- tailor the script to what he and I have discussed, right? Then he sits down and he goes to work on the pages, but as he's going to work on the pages, he's, you know, everything on the pages. Balloons are going to go here, placement is here. These are the colors. These are my color notes. And apparently, like, he and, and Dave get on the phone for hours. I mean, hours. <laughs> and each of them with, I guess, the files on their computers in front of them, as I understand it, and they've got, you know, they, they do their little cross settings, and then they sit there and they tweak everything, you know, that... And then, like, uh, is what I was telling John, then, then you see the printed page, and he's like, no, no, it didn't reproduce right. And I'm like, what do you mean it didn't reproduce right? It's red. <laughs> you know, it's, it's red. Um, it's just, I, the whole book, and, and, and in that I include Kali, you know, and oh, uh, I include Laura, and also now uh, Dave McCaig is going to be doing colors, or is doing the colors for the question back. It's, it's, it's the most collaborative comic I've ever worked on. That's really cool, man. And, and really speaking quickly about uh, the question backup, man, uh, I really think now that the story is, is really running and everything, that is becoming its own compelling thing. It's These co-features are, are excellent, and I think, you know, uh, you are getting a full meal when you pick up a Detective Comics these days. I, I hope so, considering how much we're charging for it. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know? it, it's, it's, it's worth that extra buck, and, and you're working on a, on a few of these books that are tied into a few of these books that the co-features are being used really well, and I think in the in the entire Superman series we're starting to see how important the, the Captain Atom backups are, and, and maybe that's a, a good time to to lead into you know out of detective and into uh, the Superman world that you're working on both in in action comics and world of New Krypton, and um, you know I guess um, I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if you know this or John is probably a good one. Are you the first writer to be handling action and detective at the same time? I have no idea. <laughs> That's a good question. I, I suppose if I had a greater sense of history, I, w- I would find out. My sneaking suspicion is Denny O'Neill did it first because I think he's done everything first. Yeah. Um, you know, in your... that, there was a period a couple years ago where I had a Batman, a Superman, and a Wonder Woman title going at the same time. Yeah, And there was there was a minor... There was a minor event around that going, ooh, look, he's writing all three at once. And it was like, uh, not the first time it's ever happened. Witness <laughs> Denny O'Neill. Yeah. So, you know, I. Uh, Damn I, you, O'Neill! Damn you, O'Neill! <laughs> I'm, certainly, I'm certainly the first guy to be writing action comics without Superman in it and detective comics without Batman. <laughs> but that, that, that hands down, I, I can claim. And, you know, but, but the but, rest, I, I don't know, man. But like. You know, uh, and then. No, you go. Oh, I was going to just throw in a compliment and say, uh, much like uh, Brubaker on Captain America and having the cast of characters that he has in that book and Cap's presence is still there in action. You know, yeah, it's Nightwing and Flamebird's story, but, you know, Big Blue is still in the, in the, you know, on everyone's minds and certainly part yeah. of the story. So, yeah, no, and he's, and he's, he's crucial, you know. I yeah. Mean, well, and I said at the start, you know, you don't get a night, Nightwing and a Flamebird without a Superman example. And you know we're, you know, it's it's the pleasure of 
being able to sort of explore the impact of the character without the character being present. And at the same time, I get to work with James over on World of New Krypton. Um, So I do get to write Superman. Uh, which is, you know, writing Superman is always, I'm, of all of them, he's the one who intimidates me the most because he, to me, comes with such weight. You know, you've got to do him right. And, and especially in the world of New Krypton stuff where topically, or not, I guess topically is the wrong word, but at first blush, those things that make him Superman are no longer present. Present, You know, you don't have the costumes. And he's, you know, in a world of peers. Everybody's got the same set of powers that he does. Yeah, but you, you guys have done a, a fantastic job of explaining why Superman is Superman, and it doesn't have... I mean, it has something to do with his Kryptonian roots, but only genetically. I mean, he's Superman for a completely different set of reasons, and that I think is the is the the underlying theme of that book right now. Absolutely, and that is absolutely one of the things that we were, we, you know, we've been trying to explore, is that you know, the, it's not the powers that make this guy Superman. So. Well, the other fun thing, too, is just watching the Kryptonian society being fleshed out and the turns that this story is taking. I mean, we are now into Codename Assassins, so it's, I think, safe enough to talk about, you know, the okay. o- the oh shit moment of Zod being shot. Mm-hmm. And and also this this change in Zod. Yeah, which, that's what I wonder. I, I've absolutely loved uh, what you've done with Zod and making him such a, a more complex character and not just this, you know, villain i mean he's 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 a hero on, you know on krypton new krypton and and he's a much more complex character to the point where even you know superman is sort of re-examining his relationship with him or re-examining sort of the, their past together and 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 how that you know moving forward how that's going to be and and then uh the, uh, now I can't remember. Ursa, Ursa, Ursa's yeah, 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 yeah fascinating dude, character. Great story in the annual man about yeah, Ursa's yeah. you know Ursa's past. That was fantastic. Yeah, you know it's funny because when I did the uh, the action annual, a lot of the pages that we ended up using for the Ursa story in the Secret Files were from the action annual and had to be cut because I had written the story that you know they gave me forty pages I think for the annual. And I wrote a story that was like 60 pages long. <laughs> uh Oops. This is, this is not going to fit. But that was one of the things that we very intentionally wanted to sit there and do, you know, was to look at Zod and look at Ursa and look at Non. And like so many things uh, in the Superman books, all this stuff for me comes out of conversations with Jeff. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Johns laid groundwork and he and I would talk and, uh, you know, he had proposed the how non ended up the way non was. Mm-hmm. And the second he told me that, this was, I think, before even the story had run, the second he told me that, uh, I found that I had to re-examine Ursa and Zod. I had to look at the whole relationship differently because you're talking about a horrible injustice to a man. And you're looking, it becomes more and more compelling. I think that for for your villains to to work and Zod is a villain you know we're not gonna he will always remain a villain but hopefully he becomes a villain that you understand yep. and that you can you can you can see the pathos in he's a you know you don't become a general on, on Krypton you don't become the leader of the armed forces 
unless you've earned it somehow. Mm-hmm. And from that point, if nothing else, we had to go, look, he's a patriot. Everything he's doing, he is doing because he believes it is the best thing for his people and his planet. And one of the things that actually we've been trying to sort of draw uh, in, across the Superman line is there's a very direct parallel between Zod and, and General Wayne. General Wayne, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's very clearly going to be coming to a head some point soon. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Well, you, you had you had mentioned um, talking with uh, with Jeff Johns about this. Now, between uh, yourself and and Johns and and James Robinson and Sterling Gates, and I and I'm I'm not even including the art team, which I think is pretty involved in this as well. Do you guys um, not have like a, a 52 relationship with this? But are you guys are you guys it's conference? Kind of. It's actually kind of close to the 52 relationship. Okay. Yeah. It's not. It's not nearly as um, consistently high pressure, mm-hmm. but there is very much that level of uh, communication and collaboration. Uh, we, we have a conference call just about every week, and it invariably runs close to two hours, and it, it covers everything. And we end up talking about what we're doing in each book and how the books are interacting and where we want the stories to go and you know bits and pieces the my September issue of action is co-written with Sterling mm-hmm. um, as is the September issue of Supergirl uh, and then through October because Codename Patriot ends with something that has a fallout and <laughs> you know we end up working on that together and that, that's been fantastic i mean i didn't know sterling at all when i came on to action and i think he's terrific he's he's fantastic to work with uh so uh, he's he's right uh, he's writing the first supergirl book that i have ever aggressively looked forward to reading every month I, I think well, and I think he and Jamal too. Yeah. Uh, I think they're doing a great job on that book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know who I don't know who was writing it, but I think Bob Oshker was that wasn't that his name back in the seventies? I think that's the last time I paid attention to Supergirl this closely <laughs> before Jamal and uh, and Sterling were on it. And you guys write together so well, and we've already seen that in uh, in the annual in the Secret Files. So that's that's been mm-hmm. really neat to see. Picking up on on Supergirl, um, her mother Allura, Allura, Allura. Right? Allura. One yeah. of the things I was wondering if, if, and I obviously have no idea where the whole you know new Krypton storyline is going or anything, but one of the sort of interesting things I thought I picked up on with that was, or at least I thought about a little bit was, you know, her her sort of mentality. Um, you know, at first look, she's sort of this kind of bitchy character, but when I started thinking about it, I'm like, you know, her entire, you know, the last however many years, she's been trapped in a bottle. And her whole, you know, her whole civilization has been trapped in a bottle, and and the the thought of that, and and the effect that that would have on a civilization that is now free, that is now, you know, and and then like all of a sudden she made sense to me, like yeah, well, she's yeah, not going to let anybody, you know. Well, and look at the, look at the timeline, right? You know, for Allura, she saw Krypton. Well, Brainiac came, and they all knew about Brainiac, mm-hmm. right? So the planet got attacked. And then and 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 screwed. They could do nothing. Right. You know they could do nothing. And then Krypton explodes. <laughs> so all of a sudden we're we're all that's left. Right. Uh, we're just we're Argo. And then Brainiac comes back. Right. And he doesn't kill all of you. 
he just selectively calls the Argo population and then he puts them in with this other collection that he has. And you're living in this stasis thing. And you don't, I, you know, you're in a bottle, you know, metaphorically, right? the, the little shrunken candor. Mm-hmm. But your life is not shrunken. You just, you know, you are an ant in an ant form. Right. Um, and you have the crushing weight of going, and I'm the only ant, you know, we, me and these other 999,000 ants, you know, that's it. That's the, or 99,000, I should say. You know, that's it. We're, we're all that is left of our civilization. Uh, we're all that is left of a civilization that has spanned eons, that was at one point a mighty empire. And then add to that, oh, and I lost my daughter. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and then we get restored. And we're brought back on this planet. And what's the first thing that happens? My husband's murdered. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think I, I would, I would, I would be dealing with a lot. I think that's an awful lot to ask any person to process. Sure. You know. So. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like I said, I definitely thought about that and sort of just the, the the effect of that on a culture. You know, what it would do to that. But it was interesting how you just you know talking about how they were once a mighty empire and and thinking about James Robinson being a, a Brit. And how <laughs> I wonder if that's, that's point, sort of bled in at all sure. to that. I, I, you know, I don't know, but yeah. it's just sort of uh, you know England being that mighty empire at one point, and 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 not so much anymore, or at least you know one. I'm not sure that's a parallel that he's working with actively, <laughs> um, subconsciously. Maybe subconsciously, it's you know in there. I don't know. Well, and I also love just the the inclusion of a Daxum. And mm-hmm. and and that you yeah. know that kind of Romulan Vulcan relationship that the two planets now share and um, you to know go, I don't know if it was to go really there. nerdy on us but it no but it really it does it it opens up the story and that's why it's like you know the whole thing with the black lanterns that's really interesting but you know the Daxamites are all sitting out there well yeah and, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you still got a hundred thousand Kryptonians so you know yep. Things are fun, you know, exactly, yeah. man. The that's quiet, a very knowing, that's a very knowing, storm. yeah. yeah. Not, 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 storm, man. not to speculate or anything, but uh, Jeff is working on another series that uh, has all of these suddenly uh, super-powered Daxamites, and there's a whole uh, new world of Krypton, so we're thinking that there might be a collision in the future. You think that there might be a conflict coming? Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, you, where, where are you seeing that from? I, just, I, I don't see it. I can't imagine why, for instance, anybody on Earth would be nervous about the thought of 100,000 supermen on a planet in an opposite state, you know, synchronous orbit or whatnot. I can't imagine that anybody's staying up late at night worrying about the inevitable conclusion of that collision of cultures. Certainly not a military man either. No, no, no. Certainly no, certainly not. Certainly not. Not, Nor nor would, oh, say, you know, uh, a a, a mad genius who feels that Superman has always been the greatest threat to humanity and he has always been humanity's greatest savior. Can't imagine that's occupying any of his time either. So... Well, that's oh, you, make you, of that you, what you will. You mean Lex? <laughs> Lex might make an appearance in this whole thing, perhaps. Well, he has a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Before he was well, shot, and that's why with apo- <laughs> with apologies to Death of Superman writers, artists, and fans, um, and other great epic Superman stories of the past, I really think this story, in its scope, you know, could be the biggest Superman story oh, when good. all is said and done. And I think that's really neat, and we're getting it at a re- at a really cool time. Because there have been visits back to Kryptonian society hundreds of times during the Jerry Siegel years, during the Weisinger years, and and now we are getting it 
from a more adult perspective. And I, honestly, it's it's a lot of fun reading Superman right now. Oh, the Superman yeah. family, not just Superman. Yeah. The whole the whole family. Yeah. And I mean, I've I've read so so many Superman comics over the years, and this really is a permutation that has never been done. I mean, even in the imaginary stories um, where Candor would be enlarged, they would always, you know, write them out of things by putting them on uh, deliberately on a planet with the red sun um, where, you know, they could uh, act as normally as they did. They never no one ever did anything like this. Um, and it's really fascinating to see how it plays out and certainly never with with characters as dynamic and as interesting as Zod um, having a leadership role. Um, in that society, but on another note, uh, really, how uh, how lovely is Kate Beckinsale's hair? <laughs> <laughs> I think sure. it's a win. Hey, we had uh, we had mentioned James James Robinson a couple times. Uh, yeah. uh, we were we were very lucky to uh, to meet James at a, at a signing and then party that uh, ended up turning into like three a.m. karaoke at some weird <laughs> Korean bar here in Chicago, and uh, I, I got to spend some uh, some really fun times with uh, with James over that evening. And uh, one of the things that uh, that I remember him talking about was this is just as World on New Krypton had started and and he you know I, I told him that that we had talked with you on the show several times and that that you were you were a friend of the show and and and, uh, and he and he looks at me he's like you know I didn't know what it was going to be like riding with Greg <laughs> cuz I didn't really know him and then he went on to tell me what an absolute pleasure it had been up into that point of of writing this with you and how good of a time he was having with it and uh, yeah it's, th- it's been yeah. a terrific collaboration i think both he and i cuz there's this myth that everybody in the industry knows everybody else mm-hmm. and i had never spoken to the guy you know until we had like our first couple conversations and you know world of new krypton wasn't we weren't supposed to write it um it was supposed to be, I forget his name. He ended up going into the writer's room on Frey, or Fringe, and, mm-hmm. and he couldn't. I want to say Andrew Kreisberg, right? Oh, Kreisberg, that right? yeah. yeah. And, um, and the second that happened, we were all looking at, you know, we have this plan, and we know what this <laughs> book needs to be, and who are we going to get to write it? And we were all on the phone, and James and I were both like, well, we could do it together. And then there was this awkward pause. I was like, can we really? You know, we don't, <laughs> we don't know each other. It's kind of like, you know, in many ways, it's like, hi, I've just met you. Would you like to be my roommate? <laughs> you know, this could go really bad. So, but he's, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was what, just going to make a joke. I think that's what Chris said to you when he first met you. Oh, <laughs> so much. <laughs> I couldn't Man, help you guys it. Are I, so mean to him. No, <laughs> thank you. See, thank don't worry. You. That's why I keep thank saying it. I'm comfortable making fun of him because Greg understands and understands Chris. So it's as it's really all in jest. It's all in jest. <laughs> but no, I mean James and I. Um, he, he the guy's a machine. He's just he's got so many ideas. Just you get on the phone with him. Like I said, we have these these conference calls and. 
we all sort of wait for James to start. <laughs> and then he just he goes. And out come 15 things that he's been thinking about in the past week. And that always starts the discussion, you know, at which point we're like, okay, well, this, and what about that, and this. Yeah. We had this fascinating discussion just, you know, this yesterday um, that I can't say anything about. But it was one of these things <laughs> where I can't because I can't give anything But away, it was but awesome. <laughs> it was one of those things where we, we had talked about this. There was a thing we were eventually planning on doing. And the deal had, I guess, seen our overview and had talked to Idelson and came back to Idelson and said, he, you know, Dan really wants us to do this. So we were talking about it. And we were like, well, you know what, but that, that's kind of expected. How can we make it out? Ooh, we could do this. And next thing I know, you know, I'm sitting there on the phone doing Google searches for these terms, trying to figure out the actual scientific implications of doing the thing that we're talking about. And what the ramifications would be and reading off, you know, <laughs> reading off math equations to the guys and they're like, and I can hear them all there is their eyes are crossing and they're glazing over except for James who's going, that's great. That's terrific. We've got to do that. <laughs> you know? That's cool. Well, and I, I would imagine too, Greg, because I know when we first spoke about this, you said that, you know, James was kind of letting you think about or leading you to think about Krypton and the way Superman stories can be told in ways you never thought of before. And I would absolutely and I would think absolutely. in general, that kind of collaboration has to be opening your mind very much. And it's just it's energizing. You know, when you work with good people, it inspires you and it forces you to raise your game. You can't you can't sleep through it. So yeah, I I, I, I remember him uh, briefly, and I'm paraphrasing him talking about collaborating with you on on part of the story with the Thought Beast, right? The Thought, and, uh-huh. and he's like, you know, Greg is a very strategic writer, and he's you know about putting you know A to B to C together and making everything work. And I'm like, Greg, Greg, Thought Beast, think about it. Thought Beast. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly it. I mean, I, I can get. You know, I love the details, and I can get very obsessed with them. And 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 in doing so, I, I can I can I get microscopic. I will focus on small things to the detriment of the larger story. So working with James is really good because James is always like, "No, it's a Superman story for God's sakes. It's got to be bigger." Thought beast, Greg. Thought beast. Exactly. I mean, it, that's exactly it. But at the same so. time, I think you both have uh, a quality in your writing that. Uh, that works so well together is that you both think about character first. It seems. I mean, talking to both of you and, and reading your work, uh, you both seem to go at at it in that way. Of, of you both really think about character. There's first, no two dimensional characters. In yeah, exactly, exactly. No, we we. I think we both. I think we're both character based. We're not plot based. Yeah. Um, but I do think that James has a, a much more developed sense of, uh, of, of comic book spectacle than I do. You know, I've always, like, I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable writing Gotham Central and, and the Batman books and Queen and Country and things like that. I'm more comfortable with stories where if you shoot somebody with a gun, the odds are they're going to die. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're, and, not, they're not coming back. And you just want to yeah. describe how they die. That's <laughs> how they feel I, when they die. <laughs> I, I I admit that I think there's some merit to that. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Well, I shoot, I shoot. You know, I shoot Chase in the new novel. Oh, and uh, spoilers. You know, and been, oh yeah, <laughs> and and I've been doing, and it's and it's the same problem I always get myself into whenever I shoot anybody. 
which is bullets kill people. <laughs> so, so you have to work. I feel you have to work fairly hard to justify why they're not immediately dead. You know, it's like, or at least dead within ten minutes. You know, and and I need her to basically live for several days after she's wounded. So, you know, I've been doing a ridiculous amount of medical research. Going like, well, if I shoot her here, I do this and this and this. And it's not stuff that's actually going to end up in the book. It's just for my purposes to know, is it plausible? Can I do it? Right. And if so, if, if I understand the material enough, then I, I will be able to relay just enough to sell it, you know? Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, I, I spend way too much time on that stuff. Absolutely. I can go on about this for hours, but uh, I will restrain myself except to say the following. You know, I have a friend who... Uh, is going to be going to Afghanistan very shortly um, for to to train people, and he and I have had many discussion about how you know the bullet when it enters you doesn't care. <laughs> you know, it's like when when it's fired from the gun, if it is rifled, it will fly straight and true, and then it hits you, and then it goes inside, and then it goes all bets are off. I'm turning left now. I'm going to bounce off of this. I'm going to spin and cut through this. I will enter in your sure. mid-thigh, and I will exit on the same side through your chest. That's terrifying. I mean, you know, and I, this is why I tend to get really annoyed when people get shot in movies, and then they just keep going. <laughs> you know, it's like, no. Well, your arm just came out. That was an M16. It tore your arm off. Can I ask you a question on, on you know, the idea that you you know you feel sometimes you get microscopic about things and you can get maybe mirrored in the research end of things. Any tips on how to get out of that on how to get past that? Yeah, I think that you've got to, everything, every, everything you do is in service of the story you're telling. And that becomes the litmus is the information in service of it, or is it going to bog it down? The worst thing that can happen in a story is to do something in the story that kicks the reader out be that in movie or TV or whatnot. It's, it's like, you know, if any of us sits down and we watch a show from the 70s, you know, early 70s, and the bad guy has a revolver with a silencer on it, and we all go, no, <laughs> and you, you leave. You know, you are out of the story. You could have been there up until then. And that's the goal. The goal is, you know, any research you do, the truth, I, I find that if you do good research, good research will give you good story. But there will always come a time at which, uh, you know, at which you have to go, okay, you have to leave the research behind because if you continue going, well, this is what would really happen, you end up with a really dull story. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times, if you continue with the research, you will find things that people would not believe. <laughs> that, that, that if you did them, people would be like, that's bullshit. You made that right, up. Right, right. And you're like, no, it's it's real. I mean, honest to God, truth is so much stranger than fiction. Um, I mean, I think that's why, like, I think Moby Dick is a great story, but the book mm-hmm. is impenetrable Ponderous. to me because it's Ponderous. it's clearly it's he clearly learned everything there is to know about whaling in New England and just had to share it with you. Um, you know, if if if, if you if you'd asked me about this 15 years ago, I, I probably could have very eloquently defended. Why Melville felt it was necessary to put in all the whaling chapters. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I forget <laughs> that there was actually there was actually an argument. I, I love that book. I remember reading it in college and just and getting it. And it isn't simply that he's putting the material there to go. And now the history of whaling, part three hundred and seventy-three, the narwhal. You know, it, it, it is. 
it is structurally and, and thematically significant. But for the life of me, I can't remember why. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is somewhere my parents just twitched violently going, that was a liberal, art, liberal arts education wasted. You know? <laughs> hey, but you got a movie coming out. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> um, talking about um, uh, more, uh, more realistic stuff, and we, and we touched on <clears throat> Queen and Country for a second. Oh, we will come back to Queen and Country. <laughs> I was expecting but, oh, oh, we will. <laughs> oh, we it's, will I'm, come it's back. A, I'm amazed we got this far but uh you you have we don't worry we're coming back uh you have a a new detective series coming out that you have been teasing us with for about oh since white out got optioned called stump town and uh it's uh is it solicited yeah Yes. Solicited this August for October release nice and um preview pages are out one the girl Mm -hmm. who left her shampoo Interesting. <laughs> wow. Okay, Rockford. Beautiful Matthew Selworth uh, art. Yes, Matthew Selworth art and uh, Mr. Lee Lafridge uh, colors. So, oh, it, color oh. book from Omi Press. Oh, it's gonna, colored. Oh, now, yeah. Now, see, all the all the previews I've seen have been black and white. That's right. What's they, they was, looked wonderful. It's the it's the big surprise. Ooh. There you go. And actually, let's see. We can give you the the phone number is five zero three. Three eight nine two one three five, and if you call, you can get a little uh, preview of what Sumptown is. Sweet. Oh, that's oh. fantastic! Oh, Jim Rockford, look at you. Oh, yep. <laughs> very nice. Absolutely and nice. This, this is this is nothing but a really self indulgent love letter to the Rockford file. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and and which I can't understand. Uh, and Simon and Simon, correct? Yeah, I give Simon a shit about and Simon that too. and 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 Magnum. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Magnum, all Magnum's that, all right. Yeah, everyone loves Magnum. All that stuff that I watched as a kid. <laughs> I'm sure it just, wasn't necessarily good. I under, no, <laughs> hey, man, I understand too. But yeah, really, Rick and AJ is where we part ways. That's the only you know. Hey, I, look, like I said, and and if you've seen like the other interview, <laughs> it's not that I love Simon and Simon. It's that there was one episode that stays in my mind. I understand. You know, it's a, and I I don't I I know nothing else about the episode. I just know that it begins with you know AJ playing like squash with some guy in a uh, or a racquetball, and then some guy opens fire on them with a submachine gun from the gallery, and kills kills the guy that he's playing with. And AJ, you know, can, you can't do it if you've been in a racquetball court. It's a box. Where are you gonna go? Where are you gonna go? And he ends up you know huddled in a corner, terrified because there's nothing he can do. All he can do is lie there and go, please don't kill me. And I remember, you know, what was I? I was 10, you know, when I saw that. And I was like, oh, that would be really scary, you know. You guys laugh, but you guys all had moments like that. Oh, sure. oh come on, man. You know, Everyone has a crappy show in their, in their background. Don't worry about it. That's well, cool. It's not, it's not the crappy show. It's that moment when, when you realize something that was perfectly obvious to everybody else, you know. Oh, okay. And you, yeah. and, and, and you realize the emotional truth in it. And Simon and Simon may have been a horrible show. I haven't rewatched it. I really cannot say. <laughs> but that moment, that moment was a true moment. You know, for me, that was a true moment in the same way that, you know, that moment in, in Magnum when he turns around, he, you know, Ivan, did you see the sunrise? Boom! And he blows it away. And I was like, oh my God, he killed him! <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't do that! Holy shit! <laughs> My, you know, my 14-year-old brain is broken! <laughs> you 
broken. <laughs> I now, went to school the next day. I went to every one of my friends. Did you see Magnum last night? They were like, oh, my God, yes, my brain is broken. <laughs> I think that happened and, to me. And, and, again, if you didn't experience it at the right place in the right time, all it is is, wow, Rucka's fucked up. <laughs> but if you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. It is, it is that realization, I think, especially for writers, especially for people who, who get interested in drama. <laughs> of seeing suddenly, wait a minute, there are different stories, and, and stories that can go in ways you never imagined. You know, because we grow up, I'm watching it with my son, you know, he's, he's nine and a half, and he's been surrounded by narrative his whole life. His parents are writers, you know, and he now expects certain things from narrative. So if you show him what he expects, and then the story you know, zigs when it when he thought it was gonna zag. You watch his little mind go pop. That's cool. <laughs> and he sits there and he goes, oh, blah, 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 blah. that was so cool." Um, so you're training a writer then, huh? I, 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 well, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> I don't know what I'm training. He wants to be an animator, actually. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. He wants to be an animator, though. Though I've been accused of trying to train a superhero. That's he's what... into parkour mm -hmm. at nine. He's into free running, <laughs> and he's and he's and and he's doing competitive gymnastics. So, and his sister is doing gymnastics and ballet. So, actually, what oh. I'm really doing is I'm training my crack squad of cat burglars. You, I, I know it's you're training minders. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Is he is before you get to because obviously that's uh -huh. an end to Queen and Country, but before you I do, I was going to say there's a segue. <laughs> but uh, but I have to. I'm curious with a ten year old current Robin currently running around in the Bat Universe is mm -hmm. uh, is Dash aware of that? Uh, no, Elliot. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Elliot, no, Elliot. Elliot's thing right now, all black is night <laughs> all the time. Ah, okay. all black. Interesting. He doesn't even know what I'm writing. <laughs> I think he's aware. Oh, new Krypton. I'll read that later, Dad. Is the new Blackest Night out? <laughs> Zombies. Very yeah, cool. <laughs> I mean he 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 is totally taken with everything that's going on in the Green Lantern universe. Me too. Um, and Dashiell, you know, she could care less. Oh, I'm okay. She, she's like she's you know Dashiell six, and she's you know uh, I want to watch Wizards of Waverly Place. No, <laughs> here Phineas and Ferb. Watch Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, Phineas there you and go. Ferb is good. Yeah, it's Phineas exactly. And Ferb is Phineas and Ferb is awesome. No, I agree with you, man. No, there are cool kids shows. It's just you got to find them. That's all, man. Yeah, Wizards of Waverly Place, not one of them. Not one of them. No, um, right. So, all right, in well, my so, opinion. So, so before you're gonna get hate, I'm gonna get hate mail now. Wizards <laughs> of Waverly Place is the greatest television show since Simon and Simon. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't now didn't Simon and Simon and Magnum didn't they share a universe? There were some yes, crossovers. They, they did crossovers. So did Murder She Wrote and yeah, Magnum. That I remember. Yeah. I remember Jessica and Simon and Simon shared, you know, which makes you wonder why all the PIs didn't go to Crab Apple Cove and say, Jessica Thatcher, you did it. You know, <laughs> because Jerry them. Conway wouldn't let them. Yeah, well, I expect that. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, so Stumptown, um, just great detective, um, detective comics. Yeah, yeah, and it's not, it's not this noir thing. I think people are expecting. Uh, I saw somebody say, oh, well, you know, you and Brubaker separated at birth, you know, uh, and he's doing criminal, and now you're doing Stumptown. I'm like, yeah, but you know what criminal is? Criminal is, you know, Ed's perhaps unnatural love for the, <laughs> you know, early 70s crime, really, I think is the thing that informs that most. And it's, it's that post, you know, Vietnam noir sense, hyper-violent. And Stumptown isn't noir, 
Stumptown is a PI show. Yeah. Um, there are elements that are noir, uh, but it is it is as much about the characters as it is about the case. If that makes sense. Yeah. You're, so. Yeah. Yeah. His his is his is nineteen nineteen forties film. Yours is nineteen eighty two primetime TV. There you go. There you go. Have you seen Castle at all? The Nathan Fillion show. I have show? not, and uh, that's good. But it has been highly recommended to me by uh, by my friend Nunzia DeFilippis and his wife, uh, Christy Weir. They were like, you have to watch Castle. I have been watching Leverage. Oh, I like Which Leverage. I think is fantastic. I love Leverage. Uh, I think John Rogers has a, you know, he and, and Dean Devlin have a fantastic show there. And yeah. I, uh, I'm delighted by it every time I see it. So. Ch- check out Castle. Um, Sal got me turned on to it. And uh, first of all, Nathan Fillion is, is fantastic. But it's, it's a smart little uh, uh, detective. Well, it's, he's, a, he's a writer. He's a yeah. mystery writer who gets involved in, with, right. the, well, with the cops. Way, and, the way it was explained to me was it's this... It, it, and I think somebody said if you're doing if you're doing your spiritual inheritor of the Rockford Files, this is it's the spiritual murder. inheritor of Remington Steel. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. I was going to yes. say murder. She wrote to some degree too, but okay. uh, but uh, yeah, Remington Steel. I could see that too. Yeah, and it's good. Leverage though is is just one of these great basic cable shows though, and I really think they've got this edge over over the air, you know, television now. Where they're mm-hmm. able to come with these smart shows and also get a commitment of thirteen episodes mm-hmm. that you're yeah. not going to get from the big five, right? And then deliver. I think you know. I think that that mode ensures quality. Frankly, absolutely. Uh, I think that that allows them to you know really bust their haunts and do okay. We're going to do the thirteen best goddamn episodes we can do. Yeah, yeah. they're mini movies. They really are. Yeah. yeah. It's- Everybody knows the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls with the fingers crossed. Everybody knows that the war is over. Everybody knows that the good guy's lost. Everybody knows the fight is fixed. The poor stay poor and the rich get rich. That's how it goes. All right. Let's talk some serious business here. <laughs> good Lord. Queen of Country, how's this novel coming along? <laughs> Did better. <laughs> He's like your editor, man. <laughs> How many pages? Good, I did not have a good day on Thursday. Thursday, yesterday, you know, I, I was going to have to fly down to L.A. I got up at like 5 in the morning so I could get in some serious writing time. I wrote for eight hours, and I only produced 2,000 words that I was happy with, um, which for me is not good. In, in that amount of time, I should have been able to put out at least five, and mm-hmm. I'd like to be averaging more than that. But that's mostly because, you know, I'm trying to make sure everything fits right. And I'm having sort of an internal war with myself about, uh, God forgive me, artistry. Um, You know, if you read Walking Dead, if you read the last Kodiak novel, you can see there's a change in the prose style, especially at the start. It reads a little differently than the previous Kodiak novels have. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, for the last run, again, you know, I'm trying to trying to do more with the language and i think i've i've been hurting myself because if you've ever read any have any of you guys ever read and i'm sure the answer is going to be a resounding what but the uh patrick o'brien aubrey matter novels this is these are the books that they made master and commander no based but I, on. i'm certainly I, aware I, of master I, and commander I, I, yeah. I saw i saw the movie doesn't really help uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie <laughs> o'brien um you know, wrote these novels, and, and his language is very rich. 
and I've been reading them, and that's messing with my head because <laughs> I'm like I don't write like that. I and and it's not like I'm trying to, but I'm aware at the back of my brain there's a little voice going, you know, Patrick O'Brien would make that sound so much nicer. <laughs> and I have to tell the little voice to shut up, and if it doesn't shut up soon, I may have to take drastic measures such as bourbon. So. <laughs> that's uh, that's there's nothing drastic about that. That's well, hey, you know, natural. Yeah, the boy, I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks, thanks, Jim Beam. It's nice I, to hear I, that. I have some nice recommendations for you if you're ever interested. But uh, no, yeah, and you know, it's. It, I mean, you're you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with Brits, and I can see how that can actually be a, a natural inclination to flower up the language. But you've always been pretty good at, at, at not doing that. Of um, one of the best. Uh, or I think most heartfelt uh, compliments, and I don't know if I've ever passed this along to you, one of my best friends is from London, lives here in Chicago, and I had him read uh, A Gentleman's Game. And uh, because he will not be friends with someone unless they read that, it's like we can't we can't be friends unless you read this. <laughs> then get back to me. But no, uh, he uh, he read it. Actually, had his his parents who are Londoners read it, and uh, they could not believe that you were from Portland. Really? Yes. Well, they, that's good. They, I, I did my research job. They assume- the problem with this one is I'm in Tehran. Okay. Um, and, it's, and it's hard to get good, accurate information about Iran <laughs> um, for some strange, strange reason. <laughs> um, so that has been stretching the, the, research, uh, sure. the research engine. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, I, I go to... I've got uh, one guy in particular that I tend to go to for black bag stuff where I go, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I think I would do this, this, and this. And, you know, he'll come back and he'll say, well, you could do that and this and this, but then you could do this, 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 and this. And we end up on the phone. You know, we have conversations that I'm sure if if, if they were being overheard would alarm people um, and all that. You know, it just it pays off in the end, but it can be kind of, it can be kind of tedious when when what you want to do is be writing forward, and you're like, no, you gotta gotta make sure you've got everything in place before you start typing, because otherwise you just end up wasting time. I, I just I just think it's awesome that you have a guy that you talk black bag stuff with. That's cool. Everybody should have a guy you talk black bag stuff with, man. Is, is, you is, don't. You um, is uh, is is Troutman your gun guy? Um, no, Troutman's one of my gun guys. Okay. <laughs> Troutman's one of my dirty tricks guys. He's not the dirty trick guy. But if I need something fast and dirty, and in particular tech, Troutman is almost always the first guy I go to. First guy, okay. All right. Uh, and if I need, if I need explosives um, or, you know, intelligence maneuvering, dead drop clearing, you know, uh, tradecraft stuff, I've got a couple guys I go to who I don't name. So. <laughs> Nice. So, um, uh, the the Queen and Country uh, comic series wrapped up with issue thirty two. Yes. And and then there's the bridge novel. Um, yeah. Uh, Private Wars. Private Wars, which will then lead into the new, as of yet yeah. unnamed novel. No, it's, it's named. It's called the Last Run. Oh, the last run. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's the last run. Oh, it's, it's chases. It's chases it's, it, last. Okay, it's Tara in the field. Yeah, Tara's yeah. last one. Okay, and then you've already kind of dropped uh, dropped some hints that that Tara's going to end up being Deops as we yeah. pick up the new comic series. Yeah. And we're looking at that 2011. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to extract a promise, Karen. <laughs> yes, I am. 
it will depend on many factors. But, yeah, that's what I'm shooting for. All right, great. Um, one of the factors is actually Nicola Scott, frankly, um, because she and I have an agreement that she would, she would draw the first arc of, of the second series. Very cool. Yeah. But, you, of you, course, she can't be exclusive to D.C. when she does that. Uh, so. You are going to get into a – you're going to have to drive down state and get into a big old fight with Gail on that one, maybe. I'm not getting into a knife fight with Gail. I was going to say <laughs> knife fight. Nicola, exactly, man. Nick, Nicola is a big girl. She can take care of herself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's a, that, that's a, you know, once I was at, I was at the Wizard Chicago show several years back. And I was talking to Tim Sale, and Jeff Loeb walked up to me as I was talking to Tim Sale in the bar, and he said, I know what you two are trying to do. <laughs> and he turned to me and he said, you get away from him, you bitch. <laughs> he's, he's mine. Wow. Yeah. Hey, man. Didn't know that about Loeb, did you? I did. I suspected. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 All, there were all suspicions all around. But. Yeah. There, yeah there's, there's been whispers. Well, that's that that's awesome. I think. I think. Well, gosh, Nicola has been talking about doing a Q and C arc with you for about three, four years now. It's uh, yeah. Well, that would be. I mean, that that's the plan. Would be that she would do the first arc. So. But yeah, I mean, I think 2011 is reasonable. Okay. <clears throat> if, if 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 the fates align, and you know, I I, I don't blow out my brain or, or do something stupid and yeah I, I i would like to do that cool. um you know there's a new there's a new screenwriter on the qnc movie and i think that we may actually have a qnc movie soon so i was gonna that was just cool. gonna go there um <laughs> mr hollywood yeah, ryan ryan, ryan condal so, have they deci- um, have they decided potentially on a on an arc that they might base it on, or is that still in the planning stages? No, or? Okay. no I, I, they're not going. Well, again, you know, if you're talking about a movie, right, and say you want 120 million dollars that you're going to spend on the film, you, you need to justify that money on the screen, mm-hmm. and they're going to they're they are by definition looking for bigger plots. Okay. You know? um, so, and can we assume that part they? Of the, I was going to say, can we assume that the first change they would make is is it not being uh, British? No, I would hope not. Queen no. of Country, for God's sake. Well, I, I yeah. just, I just don't know. I mean, you know, who knows? With Hollywood, they take just, something and just and... keep Renee Zellweger away from it. That's my <laughs> no, and no I offense think, to uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, I can't look. I can't speak to it. I'm not involved. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I know that Ryan is, you know, he is familiar with the source material. And uh, he and I have exchanged several emails, and we met at San Diego, had a good chat. And I really like him. I think he's very smart. He clearly gets it, and he clearly wants to preserve, you know, the spirit of the material. And I think part of that, part of that spirit is that it's, it's SIS. It's not the CIA. Right. Um, I, I think that whatever draft he produces, you're going to see a Paul Crocker, and Yay. you're going to see a Tara Chase. And I think that that, frankly, is that's the core relationship of Queen and Country. Mm-hmm. The core relationship of QNC is, you know, this Diops who is a right bastard at times, and this agent who at, at times hates his guts. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never doubt their commitment to one another. Yeah, um, that that, and it's incredibly important in that series to show not just the the external threat, but the internal, and that's where yeah, you get that's cross exactly and, it. and I've. And I've actually had more than one meeting with, with executives where I've said, what you have to understand when they say, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, you know, I've said multiple times, that every queen and country has 
two antagonists. There's always the, the terrorist who wants to blow up the school bus with the kids on it or whatever. And then there's Tara's own government. Yep. There's the bureaucracy. And that's always the other antagonist. And Crocker serves to defend her against the one while putting her in the line of fire of the other. Yeah, and that's, and that's, yeah, that's what they that, do. Yeah, that's that's what binds the relationship. And, of course, you know, should we get to that second series of Q&C, you know, Chase is going to find herself in that position of having to fight the Whitehall battles where she sends, well, she sends, you know, this this new, it's going to be, you're going to follow this new Minder 3 who is the unluckiest girl in the world because, you know, hey, I'm in the special section. Hooray, I'm Minder 3. Oh, my God, Tara Chase hates me because Chase is going to be, I did everything backwards and in high heels, and you have to do it better. Yep. Nice. You know, she will be brutally intolerant of this woman. Um, if you had your choice, who would, uh, who would you cast for Crocker? No idea. No, no. Oh, no, Crocker? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Crocker. 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 My, my Crocker casting right now, Sean Bean. Oh, that's interesting. Really? Yeah. Come on. You put him, you put him in, you put, think, actually, think, think about, think about, uh, the, the whatever the airplane movie was with Jodie Foster. Oh yeah. Think about him in that. You know him neatly cleaned up mm. with a haircut and put him in a suit. And then you've got a mm. guy that you can believe killed people with his bare hands twenty years ago, or fifteen years ago, but now is sitting behind a desk, and you still don't want to fuck with him. <laughs> yeah. You know. And that's Crocker. He, I think, would be a terrific Crocker. Who, um, I have no idea who you get for Chase. Who no is, idea at who all. Is, who's the gal, um, the blonde from Coupling, the, the BBC version? Oh, yeah. I know who. Sarah. I know. Um, Sarah something. And I, yeah, oh, she's I a doll. I don't remember her name, but she had been, somebody had mentioned her to me as saying, you know, like she's a black belt in karate and she speaks like six languages and she really is Tara Chase. And I was like, well, that'd be fantastic, but I don't. Yeah, yeah she's like yeah. young honor Blackman. I mean, really? Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah, but, but, but here's the yeah. Hi, I'm an executive at Fox. Yeah, Bill? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can no, she I'm, open a movie? Renee Can Zellweger. Movie? Two words for you. It's three syllables. Renee Zellweger. Four <laughs> syllables. I don't think that's where they're going to go. The, uh, My understanding is that there are actresses who are, who are pursuing the role. Cool. I'm told that apparently they they get calls and that, that there are different actresses who go, you know, is this part available? Um, I, you know, but you understand, you know, Queen Lindsay Lohan like five years five years ago, and in that time, you know, the 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 list changes. So. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I, I, the book is, it gets play in interesting circles. I know that Blair Butler is a huge fan of it. And when yeah. Rachel when Rachel Maddow is talking about how she loves your work, that's got to be yeah. kind of cool, right? Oh, that's awesome. I didn't hear that. Fantastic, man. Yeah, no, the, 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 the greatest quote, is, this is going on my gravestone, is Rachel Maddow called me a genius. <laughs> Very <laughs> cool. Woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, she's one of the coolest kids in the class, I got to tell you. She's I, all right. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. That one, I don't think my dad has ever been prouder of me than when they saw Matto called me a genius. <laughs> he was like, my son has arrived. <laughs> Greg, what do you think of some of the movies that have tried to tell um, the war on terror story in the last few years? And I can't remember that other Renee Zellweger. Or no, it was, uh, what's her face? Well, you uh, just hate Renee no, Zellweger. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Renee Zellweger. It's the other one. It's Sweet Home in Alabama now, and I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, Renee Witherspoon. 
Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, she was in that kind of uh, re rendition. Yes, thank you, Josh. Exactly, rendition. Like, have you seen any of the? Or even, you know what? I really want to see that just came out. This Ben Kingsley movie about the IRA in the eighties. That's no, I haven't 50, seen it. Fifty Whoa. Dead Men or something like that. Does Ben Kingsley pay, play every ethnic group? Is that like yes? Like I every actually saw one? him play Moses, and but he was very very. I, good. I, well, he's Ben Kingsley. But you know, not to get back on wigs, but the man puts a toupee on and he disappears in the character. He truly does. I mean, yeah. it, it's it, you. Honestly, I forgot I was watching Ben Kingsley. It was great. He, you know, and also got that one. He, uh, you kill me, the one where he was the uh, Buffalo, New York, uh, Polish hitman and stuff. The guy's amazing. He can do it all. He right. should play Tara Chase. <laughs> exactly. Give him, give him some falsies. Cracker. Give him a blonde you, you wig, and there he is. I'm blatant yeah, Tara Chase. Three can open it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have we have covered World on New Krypton, Whiteout, Stumptown, Detective. Action Comics, Detective Comics, uh, Queen and Country. Sir, could you add like three or four more things to your plate? We need more yeah, to talk about. the novels, too. Don't forget the novels. The novels. We just hit the novels. Oh, well. Uh, mm -hmm. No, I don't want to add anything else. <laughs> yeah, he's enough. tired, Thank man. You. I know he's tired. You, you know, <laughs> we've been talking with you for about three years, three, three and a half years. I've never known you to not have about eight different plates spinning at the same time. I think that you just, you thrive on, on this really hectic schedule. Either that or I just don't know, you know, I, I don't take a hint. <laughs> I just have a really slow learning curve. It's one or the other. <laughs> so you have to learn to say no. But man, it's uh it's amazing that you do as as much work as you do and keep it at such uh, an incredibly high level. And uh And thanks for always making time for us. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys. I really do appreciate it. And honest to God, it, it it's you know, I, I nobody wants to work in a vacuum and it's always so gratifying you know to be able to talk to people who are excited about what i'm doing so just 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 oh. about just, just about every <laughs> just about every week we're excited because you're doing that that much work and uh we appreciate it always always you spending time you guys have any other questions for greg here I think we should let the man uh, rest. Let, yeah, yeah, rest. Yeah, yeah really. Man. Flight and, well, you, well, you're going to be in the blender go, right, until go, White go right. comes out. So. We, we rest. We know. We know he's going to go write something. He's yeah, yeah. Write. You're you're not going to bed. You're going to go going to go kiss Jen on the cheek and say, "Okay, I need that last three thousand words of Queen and Country today." Yeah, you, you know what? You guys are actually right. <laughs> oh, I know. Quickly, best to Jen for uh, a great job on the Marvel uh, 70th anniversary. Awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Cool. Miss, I will pass you know, it on. That was fantastic. And uh, um, uh, the artist. some stuff coming, too. Excellent. Oh, great. Well, there's an excuse yeah. for me to talk to Jen soon on Word Balloon again, so that's excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tell, tell her I would love to see uh, she and, uh, and Annie McDonald work on, on something again. They were a great writer-artist team on that. It's fantastic. I will, I will absolutely pass that on, man. Yeah, fanta fantastic uh, Marvel 70th issue. That was uh, on the, uh, the uh, Miss America, Yeah, right? Miss America. I keep wanting yeah. to say Miss USA, but it's Miss America. Yeah, yeah, yeah Miss Marvel, Miss America. It was fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, people my, favorite that moment, my favorite moment in that story is when the Vichy Vixen surrenders <laughs> <laughs> yep. and uh and, and folks uh whenever the uh um the black lightning miniseries comes out in trade which Hell hopefully yeah. will pick that sucker up because uh because she and uh, and cully uh just knocked just, it out of the park yeah kicked the shit out of that story it was awesome so. cool 
All right. Greg, thank you so much. You have a great rest of your evening, and uh, and hopefully we will uh, we'll catch up with you here before the end of the year, man. And congrats- That'd be great. Congratulations on uh, on everything, but especially you know the movie. I, I'm sure that's you know got to be thrilling for you, and couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Thank you very much. I, I hope it's a box office hit. Me too. All Here right. <laughs> All right. Have a great night, man. Thank you, you so much. You guys too. Have a great evening. Finish your Jim Beam. Talk to Peter. All right. Already finished. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Good night, Greg. Good night, guys. There you go, uh, Mr. Greg Rucka, and uh, what's uh, what's going done. on? It's never it's never done, Sal. No, um, we're gonna wrap this one up real quick. Uh, big thanks to uh, to Greg Rucka as always, and go check out all those books. A guy that does Superman and street level detective and espionage, and he's everything the guy does is is so good, and uh, it's 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 kind of a, a an in joke on the on the show, but uh, he is one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite people. Well, and and, and I would agree independently. I've I'm as much of a fan and uh, enjoy his work. And the great thing about him, not only working with James and expanding his mind from a Superman standpoint, the stuff in Detective, and maybe it is working with JH. This is a Greg Rucka that I am unfamiliar with in a good way. Um, yes, it is a straight up good crime story, but it is this you know surreal atmosphere that mm-hmm. JH and the art and the story are providing. That this is a very lyric Greg Rucka that I am not used to, and he's just he, the guy keeps up in his game with every new yep. big project that comes he around. He doesn't yeah. stagnate. He does not stagnate. Always doing new stuff and pushing the envelope, which think, is great. I think he might have uh, spent a little time with with uh, Morrison when they were working on. Uh, oh, fifty two, <laughs> and that's that maybe is kind of coming. I, he keeps, yeah, he keeps definitely expanding what he what he does, and and uh, you know, he's he's a good writer and a heck of a guy. Well, I think working with someone like J.H. Williams, who is my, I think is the best artist working in, um, in superhero comics today. I I think that he does everything. Um, and you know, to keep up with someone like Alan Moore doing Alan Moore's craziest story ever in Promethea. Um, and now I think Greg has to be, you know, as he said, there's a very collaborative process where it's like, what do you, what do you want? How can I give it to you? And is giving him the material to draw an amazing. Ba- I mean, it's the it's the as a, and it looks better than like and I quietly is easily my second favorite artist and oh. <laughs> superior artist. And it J.H. Williams is just knocking him on his on his on his ass every week. Oh, it's 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 a and a plus. You know, yeah. I, I said a couple you know a couple episodes ago. If you're not reading Detective and Batman and Robin, you are not reading the two most awesome looking books in comics right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. It is so easy with this big Dick Grayson story that's going on in all the other Batman books. <laughs> you said big Dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's always bringing it back to the common denominator. Very nice. Good job. Well done, I like it. Sir. Well but, played. But, tru- but truly, uh, big Dick aside, uh, really, no, um, it is so easy to dismiss this Batwoman story. And especially with the stumbles that DC had when they were first introducing the character, Pulling her in, pull, you know, putting her in, pulling her away, and now we're finally getting her her real story, and the stage is set for her. If you're not reading it, just like Chris said, you're really missing a, a great, great story. Yeah. All right. 
Um, yeah, that's it. Um, there's a little uh, <laughs> the love Chris, fest is over. I was going to say, Chris needs to like get a cigarette now. Yeah, oh, yeah. I need to, Calgon, take me away. I need to go home and spend some alone time. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a, a little uh, uh, extra uh, episode in the middle of the week. Actually, I think I'm going to release this uh, guy on uh, September 19th. We'll release this on the on the day that Whiteout opens. That's September so. 11th, actually. So you might. Oh, mm-hmm. what did the, I say? The 19th, the 19th is uh, 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 September 19th is. The That's when burnt, the city comes burnt into my head. So yeah, September 11th is when Whiteout comes out. September looks 19th good. is whenever the Windy City Comic Con rolls into Chicago. Whiteout looks pretty pretty oh, cool. Looks great. Yeah, no, I th- I've I, never read it. I've actually still have never oh, read Whiteout. So, I shall get, I shall but it looks cool. Give you my looks copy. Cool. It I'll is, just uh, see the movie. I don't need to read the book. Oh, Sorry, no, Greg. Ah, I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. You got to compare, man. <laughs> All right. Everyone have a, a fantastic rest of your week and weekend. We'll be back again on Monday with another full-length episode. I want to thank uh, Mr. John Suntress. My pleasure. Mr. Brian Salazar. Yes. Mr. Josh Elder. Good being here as always. Our very special guest, Mr. Greg Recca. And, of course, Mr. Mark Beatty for hosting us here at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. It is uh, just about midnight. Oh, so let's, Christ. Uh, let's, what am I doing here? Let's turn, uh, turn this one uh, off and uh, get out of here. In the meantime. In between time. In your ass. We'll be everywhere in. <laughs> and around. <laughs> Greg Rucka. Because we can't help it. We can't. conversation. Well, it's over very soon. And I watch an admiration from my corner of the room. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production. Copyright 2009. These little conversations, if I try my very best, you know I never could say anything in 20 words or less. Somewhere, sometime down the line, someday I may confess and tell you all. That's all. A little conversation. Well, I'm being very rough Well, leave me all in pieces you know there's never... Hey, has there ever been a more precipitous drop than from... Um, hanging around Kate Beckinsale to talking to Chris Neesman <laughs> and, and like the history of uh, of all culture. Yeah, no, nice, nice Twitter yeah. picture, man. Jesus. Oh, the stories I could tell. Um, <laughs> well, well, Chris Neesman. I told I told Chris the Hindenburg had a had a, a more steady drop than uh, than than what you're experiencing this evening. <laughs> 51, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and Netflix. And Whiteout. And Whiteout. Brought to you by Whiteout. Oh, there you go. Whiteout. Did they pay you? (laughs) No, but they sent us a big old box of awesome Whiteout carabiners. That's right. I haven't seen the carabiners. Have they really? Are you you serious? They were in San Diego, man. 
Well, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, you know, at San Diego, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I work. I was going to say, gets blindfolded, <laughs> thrown out of a van, do this panel. You don't run around yeah. and collect, uh, you know, tchotchkes from the from the different <laughs> publishers and movies. Listen and to the Goyam say tchotchke, Greg. Did you like that? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Jared, Jared, like like falling halfway through. You're Greek. You're Greek. Greek. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I hung I hung with uh, the chosen uh, as a child. Man. I went to more. <laughs> the chosen. I went to I went to more bar mitzvahs than uh, confirmations. It's true. <laughs> it's the truth.